You're listening to audio from Plank Row Harvest Church located in Crossville, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church and its various ministries, please visit our website at www.plankrowharvest.org. I'm going to use this microphone this morning just to try to keep, in case I have a coughing spill, I don't cough on you too bad. I'm, I hate that. I hope we can get this figured out shortly. Whoever brought me this, thank you good time of trial and testing to grow us spiritually. I appreciate it. God bless you this morning. I wanted to start for us for this this coming new year, I hope. And uh, for you, I remember I was telling them in the, in the time this morning about in 2020, or like 20 things for, you know, 2020 vision, like whatever. We just got creamed, you know, because of COVID. And then we shriveled down to nothing as a fellowship, and then it began to grow again, and then we had some other things happen, and then it began to grow again. And it's not about the, 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 the idea of New Year's resolutions among the people of Christ, among the body of Christ. It's not about, well, we need to have more people in our church. What we need to have is more spiritually developed people in our nation, in the fellowship of believers worldwide. That's what we need. We're, we're desperate for that in our country now and around the world. And so I wanted us to really focus on this one word. We talked about Jesus being the light of the world this morning, obviously, in the music. But what we, what we fail sometimes a little, as believers, a lot, depending on the person, is maintaining, it's not about maintaining the foundation. The foundation is there as a believer. If you believe in Christ, he's the foundation. But it's going back to the foundation and, and remembering the foundation, what we're built on. Whatever you're built on determines the stability of the building. And, uh, you know, where they have these sandy areas like around, uh, like around the ocean or, or in Japan, I know a lot of their island has a real problem with under, underground water. And so what they do is they drill down in the sand, I mean, some of them 100 feet, and pour these big concrete footers or pillars, really. And then they build their buildings on them. And then the buildings still end up leaning or collapsing at times because it's, it's the foundation and what it's founded on. If it's founded on sand, it's going to be terribly weak. Isaiah 54, we're going to be in Isaiah some today, and we're going to be in, in Luke often today. But Isaiah 54 talks about the, of God laying his foundations with sapphires. And it's the hidden things of God that are the foundations of his work, kind of like hiding a baby in a manger. It's the, it's the small things. It's the little things. God is the God of small beginnings that become great things. And so we always try to reboot, not we, just a person generally, whatever the new year is, you know, Chinese New Year's at a different time than ours, but, or the Jewish New Year, you know, that around Passover, whatever, but everybody's like, oh, I'm going to read, I'm going to do better this year than I did last year, you know, I'm going to go to the gym, that's when all the gym memberships sign up is in January, they'll sign you up right now, because they know you ain't coming back, most of you, you'll come a couple times, and you'll be like, ah, forget it, and so they get your money for the rest of the year for your sign up right now. Because we have this desire to do something, to, to make our life better for the coming year. And we read about those promises last week. We started to. We read some of those prophecies of the coming Messiah and what it would look like. And, and how people needed to be confronted with their sinfulness. He sent John ahead, you know, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, is what John told them. And they were like, okay, I can do that. I, can, I need to get, if I could get my sin problem handled. And then I would do better this next year. I'll follow what John has to say. And Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then, and he, and then later on in Acts, you see him, they said, well, what, what baptism were you baptized into? I was baptized into the baptism of repentance of John. You, know, you need to be baptized into Christ. 
Well, what are you talking about? And so it depends what your what your baptism was in. It depends what your foundation was, your ability to remain firm in the faith as you continue to go year by year and you see these other things happening around. We, we get off our foundation, we're going to be unstable. We forget what our foundation is, we get out there in the world, we're going to be unstable. So I just thought we might could go over some of those things this morning. Um the foundational things of scripture that are going to stick with us for this year. And if we make a, a resolution, maybe it would be that we would stick to the foundation that we were founded on. Whatever you're founded on is going to be what you are. It doesn't matter how you were born. It doesn't matter what you grew into. But what it matters is where the spiritual, the, the supernatural, the emotional, what's that foundation in your life? That's the thing that's going to hang in there when, you're, when the times get hard. We want it. The law came first. But the Bible says the law came first, that grace could abound later. The law is part of the foundation. God's word, the law, the Torah, the first five books, is the foundation of God's words. The thing that happened, the things that happened in the Torah are the things that God built his word upon. And he said, my word will not become void. It, whatever it is is what it is. It's stable. It's solid. It's guaranteed. It's going to do what it says it, it's going to do. In the Navy, they have a... The Marine Corps, they really wanted you to be able to think on your feet and to do, uh, to be able to, uh, I don't like to use think outside the box, but to be able to take any situation and take it no matter how bad it is right there in that moment and go from there and just, you know, achieve success. Doesn't matter what's going on. If you're getting shelled, figure out how to get out from underneath the shell and, and, and go on the attack. The Navy has a really interesting way. <clears throat> they don't want you to do anything from memory in the Navy on ship. They want you to always take the manual, and they everything in those in those uh, GI manuals they're all step by step. Step one, I mean they're they're as simple as like step one, unscrew the screw that holds the cover on. You unscrew the screw. Step two, unscrew the next screw that holds the, it's it's step by step. They don't want you memorizing because they don't they want it put back together the way it was taken apart, and that way there you don't have any failure. They want it by the book. And that's why they let 25-year-old people fly billion-dollar aircraft because everything is step-by-step step and it's by the book. You know, Marine Corps, you got those guys loose when you need something killed. The, Mar the Navy, they need the equipment to get it there. They don't, want the f they don't want you being flexible. They want you to go by the book. We need to go by the book. We need to go by the foundation, which is in the book. So God gave specific directives to the very first man. He, they were simpler, but it was still God's spirit to the very first man. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, take dominion over the earth, and lead your wife, essentially. That's what it came down to. And he failed in that. It was pretty simple existence, but he still failed in it. Um, but God didn't remove all of his promises. He didn't, he didn't stop all life right there. But he continued on, no matter the bad start that Adam had. So I want you to go to Luke chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 46. <coughs> Luke 6 and 46. So it's a little parable here, and a lot of people start right there of the man building his house who dug a deep uh, foundation. But it really starts before that. 
It starts in verse 46. Well, it starts before that even, but we're going to pick it up in 46. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to anybody who's listening, including the Pharisees, including his disciples, including his followers, those that are following him, the miracle seekers. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings, and does them, I'll show you whom he is like. So before we go further, when we look at the foundation digging and everything, we can look at the little key verse right there, and you can ask this about yourself, especially when negative things happen in your life or, or spiritual attacks come or emotional, whatever. You can start right there and say, why do I call him Lord, Lord, but I don't do the things that he tells me to do? I mean, is he my Lord? Is he my master? Am I his slave? Or am I my own man and I do what I want to do? Because if he's my master and I'm his slave, then I need to do what he tells me to do. And the second thing is, it's a very particular person, and it says what he looks like. He's a three-part man. The first is that he comes to Christ. Whosoever comes to me. And number two, whosoever hears my sayings. And number three, whosoever does them. It's a three-parter. He comes to him, and he hears his word, and then he actually does what he told him to do. That man will be like this. He was like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on, a rock, on the rock. <clears throat> and when the flood came, the flood arose, and the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. <clears throat> but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Two different men. Two different foundations. The first man, a wise man, he comes to the Lord because he's wise. He comes to the Lord, reckons his need for salvation, repents, and gives himself to the Lord. He hears what the Lord says, and then he does what the Lord tells him to do. Repent. So he turns from his old way. If you used to be angry, stop being angry. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. If you used to be a thief, stop stealing, but get a job and give to those that are poor, those that you used to steal from, right? If you were greedy, stop. If you were lustful, stop. And now become the opposite of that. Be filled with love. Be filled with generosity. If he comes to me, he hears my saying, and he does them. But he who heard and did nothing, how many times have we heard the good news you've heard the gospel here a number of times i pray you have if you haven't I'll, I'll do a better job but how many times have you heard the gospel from me or someone else and you've done nothing about it and but then when the floods come there's doubts because it says when the floods come you all heard this message preached a thousand times if you're any kind of christian you've been in church any number of times you've heard the flood story here right and it always says when they always focus on that and when the flood arose the flood is coming the bad times are coming it always comes that's what bad times do Bad times follow good times. <laughs> this is what they do. You can have a good day and you can have a bad week. This is how it is. When the floods come, the man of God is going to be stable because he comes to him, he hears his words, and he does them. He doesn't come to God, hear the words of the world, and live in the world and try every so often to come back to him. He comes he hears, 
and he does. And the next day, he comes, and he hears, and he does. And the next day, he comes, and he hears, and he does. It's putting on the whole armor of God, and it's got to be a daily thing. The believer has the foundation. They both come in the same way, believer and unbeliever, or the, the unknowing person that comes. They both come the same way. But many believers come in this very same way. They come, and they hear the word, and they receive the word, and like the, the Ethiopian eunuch, they go away glad, but there's no change because they didn't hear the word long term. They didn't respond to it. They didn't act on the word that they knew to be true. They didn't do it. And so they lost their way. And in time came and something negative happened. And they either reject the Lord, they reject his word like the different soils. The thorns grow up, which was the cares of the world, and they choked out the good seed. And they got confused. And they said, well, maybe, maybe the salvation, maybe it wasn't real. Maybe it wasn't for me. Maybe it's not even true. Maybe there is no God. But they said that because they got away from the word. I've got to come to him. I've got to hear his word. And I've got to do it. When I make it a part of who I am as a person, it becomes more real to me. It becomes more realistic. It becomes more truth. It's always truth. But it, you know, everybody says, well, this is my truth. That's how it becomes your truth is by living in the truth. There's no such thing as your truth, by the way. There's only the truth. You apply yourself to the truth, and it'll become your truth. The problem is, is that you live in false. But when you come into the truth, you will become like the truth. You'll become more truthful. You'll be filled with the truth, and you'll be more stable when the hard times come. When the destruction comes, it's going to be great to the unbeliever. It's going to sweep the house away. It's going to sweep the emotional state of the weak-willed or unbelieving man. It's going to sweep him away, and there'll be no recompense for him because he tried it, but he just kind of tried it. He just tasted it, and he's like, eh, you know, it was okay. But he didn't build on it. He just tasted it, but he didn't, he didn't keep it. He didn't make it his, his own. So he knows, uh, but for the believer, he knows that this is just, a flood. Floods happen, and then the flood recedes, and then you go back to the foundation, and you fix what's got to be fixed, and you keep working, but you don't lose the house. You don't lose what you are. We can find that foundation being led, being laid all the way from Genesis to Malachi. <clears throat> over and over, those, those things of the coming of Messiah, they're coming and the people can't see it. They can only see the part of their, their life that they exist in, that little piece of life that they lived in. And they have to accept with faith the covenantal things that God said would happen way back here in Genesis, way back here in Exodus. They have to accept that as truth and know that they're not going to see the end from the beginning. Only God sees the end from the beginning. We'll just see the, the era that we live in, the, the epoch that we exist in. That's all we see. We don't get to see the end from the beginning. We just see the part we exist in. With your kids, you parents that are worried about your kids that are uh, astray or distant from you, hang on. You may die. They're going to come back. If the word was founded in them, God makes a promise there. Raise up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. He might stray from it. He'll come back. He knows. He knows. If it's in there, he knows. Oh, Kevin likes to say, well, it's down in the well. It'll come up in the bucket. If it's in the well, it's a negative. Like when you hit your finger with a hammer. You may not have cussed for 20 years, but you hit it right. If it's in the well, it's coming out of the bucket. <laughs> uh, but it's the same with your children. They're going to, they know. They know. They know. 
They've seen the truth of the gospel. They've seen you grow spiritually. If you have continued to grow spiritually, they know that it's the truth. You're a flawed person. Sorry. Sorry, kids. But eventually they get their eyes off of you and get them onto the Lord, and they see that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And they say, well, that's the truth. We're all looking for truth out there, and he's the truth. And if I apply these principles, I keep building on that truth, the foundational truth that's right there, then I'll be more stable. I'll be more stable emotionally, more stable spiritually, more stable even financially oftentimes. When we apply the principles of God's word, it's going to work out in a positive way for those that believe in him spiritually. So we can find those foundations being laid way back, those angels announcing Christ's birth. This is the, this is the switch in time right here. But we're still not to the end. So we got all the time before Christ, then we got the time of Christ, now we got all the time after Christ, and then we have eternal life. And all of mankind that's ever lived has lived in one of those epochs of time. But no man except for Christ has ever existed in all of those. No one has. No one's ever seen it all. They've only seen the epoch they lived in or the era they lived in and then eternal life. But they, they didn't get to see it all. But he knows. He saw it from the beginning. And so those guys like Simeon and, and Anna there that were at the temple doing righteous things, waiting for the promise, when the promise came, they recognized it because they understood the foundation back here. They saw the promises. They trusted that God would complete what he said he would do. <clears throat> many other people, excuse me, many other people believed as well and never saw the promise. Those bunch just happened to see the promise. Many of us will die without seeing whatever aspect of the tribulation that we will or won't see. And some of us may or may not see it. But all of us have the opportunity to jump over it and be in eternity forever if we accept Christ in this era. You don't have to worry about the part that's yet to come. Worry about the part where you're at now. Work on the foundation where you're at now. And you don't have to worry about those things that happened before you or after you. You don't have to worry about it at all. It will come. Okay. So whenever you see these different excavating jobs in Crossville, a lot of times it's just a house where like, eh. But if it's something big, they start digging up the earth, they go way down. I don't know if you guys saw that over here by, by um, the world's greatest restaurant. What is it? What's the chicken joint over there? Bojangles. Yeah. Biscuits and gravy. Staple of the South right there. Um, uh, they, had a, they dug a hole down so big they got that humongous excavator all the way down in there. You couldn't even see the top of the boom. You see them digging down like that, they're fixing to do something big right there. I think it was a sewer thing, but whatever. They were doing big stuff. When you can get that huge tractor down in that hole and you can't see the top of its boom, man, that's getting down to the rock right there. Uh, when we see those things, we're like, what is going on? It makes us, you know, kind of triggers in our mind. What are we thinking? What's going to go on? Uh, what's it going to be? But once it's built, whatever's there, I um, mean, you guys might not have saw it when they did that, but you, I don't drive by down now and think about whatever they did in that hole. Once it's covered up, once the foundation is there, it's there. And we don't go back to it and, you know, want to see it exposed again. But when we do see it exposed is when something terrible goes wrong. Remember the little house over here on Baisley's Hill in the, in the valley right here at Baisley's? And then a tornado came through and just picked the whole house up, tore it off the foundation, right, and dumped it in a pile right in front. Thankfully, no one was hurt there. 
and we're looking at the foundation going, well, it's still in the same spot. It didn't move. Do you remember that? The whole house moved. The block footer, all that stuff was there. It didn't move. The foundation was there. Seemed kind of important. Just a, a point, maybe if a tornado comes, maybe crawl in your crawl space because it seems like it's pretty stable. The rest of the house is leaving. If you want to stay, maybe get in the crawl space. I don't remember the speedway sign. Remember when that thing blew off and it was just attached by a thread? You guys remember that? And they had to go back and re-staple it to the main pole. It doesn't take much wind. The life of the believer begins this way. This is how it begins. The Lord goes in there with his spiritual excavator and he digs down through that hard shell on your heart and he lays a fine stone, a precious cornerstone, right? And him who believes in this stone will not be disappointed. That's what he does. He digs down there and he lays it in there. He takes out the debris that makes up who you are as a person. He takes out the fake. Where we get in trouble as believers, this is a, this is the thing. He digs down through the fake part of the man, and he gets to the to the part that's got the problem. That is the heart. And what happens with a lot of believers is he touches the heart and he changes this part of the heart. And then the guy on his own tries to rehab the outside. So that other people will perceive him one way or another as this perfected thing. Instead of letting God do the work, and that makes for a big faker. And that big faker will drive a lot more people away from Christ and draw them to Christ. But when you let God do the work on your heart and change you from the inside to the outside, um, it, it's undeniable. When you meet a person that's grown spiritually throughout their life, and you see them as a 67-year-old, 80-year-old person, and you just can't take your eyes off them and you know what they are and you just want to hug them and hold them and hold hands with them and sit by them and listen to them, that's because they've been fixed all the way from the stone. I'll take out your stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. They've been fixed right there, all the way from there to the outside. He begins to build in us. The, the Bible says that he builds on that foundation, some with wood, hay, and stubble, some with gold, silver, and precious stones, and it will all be burned with fire and be tested, Corinthians. That's what it says. So it depends what you build on the foundational stone that's in your heart. When the Messiah comes into your heart, there's got to be some building that goes on in there. Um. In their uh, 2 Corinthians 5, it says, For we know that if our earthly house, that is, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. It's not built with hands. The things that God does to us in our heart is not done with hands. It's built in a spiritual manner. It's durable, and it will last. And if it's not built by him in there, it's not going to hang in there when the hard times come. When the hard times come, when we run into issues, if we're not aware of the work that's going on in the temple in there, if we're not diligently putting the gold, silver, precious stones and building on the foundation of sapphire that's there in the spirit, if we're not building on it with that, it's not going to last. A big wave comes up and blows it away, washes it away. A big event happens. We don't dwell on the foundation like we should. I said they, they cover it up. We cover the ones here up, and we don't ever think about it again until something bad goes wrong. It's the same with the believer. Those that are just lightly attached to Christ, when hard times come, the anchor will tear loose. 
If it's not locked on with a J-bolt, with a jam nut, with some that that poured on mortar concrete they pour around in with some lock bolt, lock nuts, and lock tight, if you're not connected like that to the rock, you're not going to hang in there. And the only way that happens is with consistent time spent with him, spent in his word, spent in prayer, spent in serving him. You serve him by serving others and loving him, learning to love him. Well, I don't feel like I love him. Okay. That's, that's true of most friendships. We don't start in, in deep, intimate love with most people that we meet. But over time, as we grow spiritually, we become more in love with them. It happens over time. We got to dwell on the foundation. It's the cornerstone of everything that we are. And Luke, like I told you about those different people, Zacharias or Elizabeth or, or Anna or Simeon, they were locked onto the foundation. In fact, they were, they were locked onto God's word. And when the angel came, they were so shocked, you know, Zachariah and, and um, Elizabeth and even Mary or Joseph, they were like, I can't believe it's actually, it's actually happening. They were questioning in themselves if that was actually happening, but they were locked on there, and that's good. Those people were going to the foundational promises, and they were dwelling in them, and we got to do the same thing. You know, the whole Bible reading plan in a year thing, man, that's great. If you can do it, God bless you. Just read the Bible every day. Read some every day. Make it your resolution to read some every day, and then maybe memorize some as best you can. Take it with you, read it a couple times during the week, try to say it, try to plug it in a conversation somewhere till it becomes yours and make it foundational to who you are as a person because negative things are going to happen and you're going to need it. And it's going to be the only thing you have to pull on. You think, well, my wife or my husband, they're going to be there for me. They're going to give me the emotional thing. They can't. They're not capable. I don't care how much you love them. My kids are going to, they, they can't. They're children. They're immature. They're younger than you. You're more mature than them. They can't. They can't provide for you the thing that only God can provide through his supernatural care, through his word, through his wisdom that's been established from the foundation of the earth. It's, it's guaranteed and nothing else is. We're, what's the word? Fallible. We're fallible as people. And when we need people the most is when they, we can expect the least from them. That's just how it is. But God is not that way. He's a foundational being. He can be counted on. Those people believed in the message that they had heard, and they looked for God to fulfill his promises. Even John, he began in the work that he had been called to do. Even he questioned God. You know, are you the one? We look for another. He goes, go back and tell John. Eyes are opened. Dumb are speaking. Dead men are being raised. Okay, he's the one. He's the foundation. It's okay. I can go to, I can go to death in peace. And so these people didn't know the end of the story, but they trusted in the part of the story that they did know. You don't know the end of the story of what's going on with you and your life up to this point, no matter how bad you've goofed it up up to this point. You don't know the end of the story. You may not get to see the end of the story, but you can trust in the God who sees the end from the beginning. The Messiah came to be able to, on the weakest and the most helpless of people, and it's such a crazy thing. He didn't go to kings, he didn't go to queens, he didn't go to people of high influence. He went to a bunch of nobodies. And it sells a lot about who you are, who I am, that he would come to the least of these, to you, to a nobody, 
And he would say, I want you to be one of my sons, one of my daughters, one of my brothers, one of my sisters forever. And I want to share my inheritance, 100% of what I have, I want to share it with you. You ever think about that? That it, When you get to thinking too high of yourself, if you know Christ, just remember he came to the least of these. I don't know what that makes you, but it doesn't make you the, the opposite of the least, the most. It makes you one of the least, and he came to you, and he wanted your relationship with you, and that's amazing. So it's, that's the blessing to, to hear that, to hear and accept the Messiah is to be humble, at least in that point of life, and to have that soft spot in the heart of the, the, where the, the sapphire stone could be put. So if we could grasp how pitiful we are and how bad we need the Messiah, how weak and pathetic, particularly as the world sees us, as the world sees that we are this thing that they evaluate us as, the world in the media and stuff, they'd, they'd present us like we're the most cruel, evil animals that ever existed. But the reality is, to be a true follower of Christ, you have to be the lowest, the most humble, the most broken, and the most needful. He didn't come to help the healthy, but to come to heal the sick. The Pharisees, why didn't you come talk to me? Oh, I thought you was healthy. I came for the sick. When the sick presents himself to the Lord, he heals them. He touches them. He does good for them. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He came to the weak and the helpless first, the sick and the forgotten. And if you came to Christ, then that means that's what you were. And then he begins to build on that. I want us to look at a couple verses here. It, just was, it was really exciting for me to read this, and I wanted to give you this just for the foundational idea. But I read that to you out of Isaiah 55. You can go and look at it. Um, I, the one I like better maybe is this in Exodus 24. And God presents himself this way more than once. He presents himself this way in Isaiah 28, Isaiah 54, Exodus 24, and Revelation 21. Isaiah 54, 28, 54, and, ex, and Isaiah 28, Exodus 24, and Revelation 21. But we'll look at it just here in a, a spot or two, okay? Verses um, 24 there, it says in verse 10, so here's Moses and Aaron. They're going to go speak to God in his presence. They're going to get a vision of him on his throne room. And look what it says, verse 10. And they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. It says, but on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand, so they saw God, and they ate and drank. A paved work of sapphire stone, it was like the very heavens in its clarity. Go to uh, Isaiah 54. In verse 11. I want you to remember now, we're talking about the wise man building on the foundation and the storms and all that stuff. Look here in Isaiah 54, verse 11. Oh, you afflicted one, tempest-tossed and not comforted. Behold, I'll lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphire. I'll make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear from terror, for it shall not come near you. 
Your foundations will be sapphire. Sapphire is an interesting stone. It's on. It's right up there, just below diamonds for hardness. But in general, and uh, in general, it's blue. Can be other colors, but in general, it's blue. Almost the color of the chair, a really pretty one. You guys remember the star sapphires? Remember those? It's kind of popular when I was young. The girls would get a star sapphire ring, like a blue stone. It had like a little, like a little star of, kind of the midnight star of of Christ or whatever on the ring, and. Um, and then a ruby, believe it or not, is a sapphire with a little bit different, I can't remember if it was iron or something else in it, and that's what makes it a ruby. So both of your most precious stones, so in value, you have diamonds, and you have sapphires, and you have rubies in value. If you were going to go get a big ring made, it's generally that, that way. Sapphires right up there, right below diamonds, quite expensive. And in hardness, the sapphire, the ruby's quite a bit softer. So you got your diamond, and you have another uh, kind of a man-made stone, but can also be found in nature. And then you have the sapphire. It's like a diamond's like a 10 on the scale, and a sapphire is like a 9.5 on the hardness scale. And a ruby's quite a bit softer, maybe like an 8, 8.5. And, and I'll tell you one other thing. It's so crazy. But the Bible says that everything, and I've told you this before, maybe it's in 1 Corinthians there, but it says everything's going to be tested with fire, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hand, shovel. So our jewels that we get, I saw uh, Jan, Jan uh, uh, Frank and Jan, Jan had a really beautiful stone last week, a real big stone, and I can't, she told me what it was, but um, when you see a stone and you can see all the way through the stone and there's not like some craze lines or some little cracks and stuff in there, what's been happening, and they've done this since the early 1900s, is they take and heat the stone. And the stone, as it heats up, it'll make the lines inside the stone go away. So you can tell a, a true uh, older stone by the fact, like, if they'll say, well, this is my great-grandmother's ruby or whatever, and it's ever how many carats. And then they, when they look at it, they'll say, oh, this is a really old ruby. And they can tell where it's from, too, by how uh, the minerals that are in it. But if it's got those craze lines in it, those little cracks, it means it hasn't been heated. So to get a truly large stone without a craze line in it would be extremely, extremely valuable. Um, so what they do, because everybody wants perfection, is they take and they heat these stones up, 14, 15, 1800 degrees, and it makes the lines go away inside the stone. And then you get that really clear crystal or clear diamond or clear sapphire. That's how they do it. And just like the Bible says, you're going to be tested with fire. And what happens with the testing is it makes the cracks go away. Is that not incredible? That's how it purifies gold. You heat the gold, and the slop comes to the surface. We call it slag because it doesn't sound so bad. But the, the, the negative, and then they skim that off, and they toss it, and then you get the refining and the refining and the refining. And it happens in trials and testings and hard times and negative things and deaths and sicknesses and corruption of government and oppression and affliction, and it makes the crack in the believer go away. The heat makes the crack go away. Isaiah, uh, let's see, let's look at this Revelation 21. Again, the Lord, high and lifted up, sitting on his throne. What does his throne room look like? 21 and 19. This is all around in the New Jerusalem. It says the construction in verse 18, 21 and 18. It says the construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. 
The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The foundation was jasper, the second sapphire. Um, jasper is kind of semi-precious. It can be any number of colors, but it tends to be kind of a caramely brown. But the other word in some translations says antimony. And antimony is a, a mineral rather than jasper. It depends on the translation there. But the antimony is probably the better word. It looks like antimony. Okay, and it's this silvery blue. It says a lustrous silvery blue color. So it's about the color right here of the foundation is what's going on here. It's about the color more than the hardness scale or whatever. But it's this brilliant white blue with a lot of shine color is the foundation of the eternal heaven in the believer because we're supposed to have this foundational stone it's supposed to be sapphire oh you afflicted one jerusalem tossed with tempest and not comforted behold i'll lay you stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphire it's a great picture and i, I hate to use the word unbeliever the unknowing of god the person who doesn't know god and god says here's what i'm going to do I'm going to cut you open and do surgery on you. I'm going to go into your heart and I'm going to dig off all the fat and all the black and all the wicked. And I'm going to put a sapphire there as a foundation for you to build on. And I'm going to develop on that. Or Actually, it's kind of up to you, but I'm going to help you if you'll let me develop on that gold, silver, and precious stones on top of that. Because that's how it was in Revelation. It was built up with these other stones, with gold and silver and these other stones, these other jewels. It was built up on top of that. I'm going to do that for you if you'll let me. You're going to have to open yourself to me. And if you let me, that's what I'm going to do for you. And then when you're tested on that day, all that stuff, maybe it was failed. Maybe Dale told you something was a little off there in the Word. Maybe you got off track here and went over this way a little ways. What I'm going to do is I'm going to heat that up when I'm all done, and it's not going to have a flaw in it. And that's going to be the reward that you have that you'll be able to cast at his feet in eternity. It's going to be perfect. You build on the right foundation. So God digging down, puts that hard gemstone there, builds those other beautiful stones on there. And after that, then you can put all the softer stuff on top. After you get the hard, and I think that might be the picture as well. I don't want to read too much into his word what it doesn't say. But when you put the hard stone on the bottom... And then you put the softer stuff on top. When people harm you, when things come against you and the floods or whatever, they might damage the soft stuff. They ain't breaking the sapphire. If it's real, if it's true, the foundation is true in Christ, they ain't breaking the sapphire. They might injure the soft stuff on top, but they can't take out the foundation. The one true God, he gives us a, a true promise, and he says, I will make this the foundation. That's a pretty, pretty good promise. So the main point there, if you could catch, is that the foundation material is the most important aspect of the Christian, what he is, what he's, what he's rooted and grounded on. It's, it was prepared and it was placed spiritually in you, and this is so crazy because that's what the book says, but we can't relate to this because we're just this little finite person from before the foundations of the earth. It was placed in you, prepared to be revealed from before the foundations of the earth. I want you to read this in Isaiah 28. It's a, 
a really beautiful verse. You've read it before or you've heard it before, I say. Probably starting in 16. Isaiah 28 and 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God. This is God speaking. This isn't Isaiah. This isn't Dale. This is the Lord speaking. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. He will not be discouraged, some say. Also, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plummet. You know what a plumb bob is. That's what that is, where you hold the string up. It's got the little metal deal on the bottom. It's a plummet. The hail will sweep away the refuge of lies. The waters will overflow the hiding place. Your covenant with death will be annulled, and your agreement with Sheol will not stand. When the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled by it. As often as it goes out, it will take you. From morning by morning, it will pass over. By day and by night, it will be terror just to understand the report. Negative things are coming. I guarantee, and next this year, I, I'll put money on it right now. Something bad's going to happen to you. Good things going to happen to you. Something bad's going to happen to you. I don't know what it is. But with the fountain, <laughs> Kurt's like, something else? Yeah, something else is coming, Kurt. It's coming. Hang in there, bud. Get the right stone in there. It might take away the soft stuff on top, but the hard stone, <laughs> he's going to heat it up, and another crack is going to go away. It's an amazing verse. It's a tried stone. It got worked by men. Did you see how men tried to cut facets onto Christ, and they couldn't do it? They put the heat on him, and all they did was made him stronger. They tried to put the blemishes on him, and he took them willingly. The hail, look at the storm um, verbiage there. The hail will sweep away the lies. Waters will overflow. But it, won't, it, will, it can't overtake the healing that God has provided there. If I read that and what it said about the heat, or I mean the hail and all that, and I went back to that Luke verse and it says, whoever comes to me, here's my sayings, does them, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood arose, a stream beat vehemently against the house, could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. I don't care about verse 49. I'm not going to be 49 guy. I'm going to be 48 guy. You need to be 48 person. Be the one that digs deep, lays the foundation on the rock. For this year that's coming, bad things are happening. They're going to come. Sorry. Hate to break it to you. The foundation's right. It's going to be fine. Because this is just the time we live in. We can trust because God has always done what he said he would do, and he will continue to do what he says he'll do. And nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, Shall tribulation, tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are considered sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, things present nor things to come, nor life nor death, nor any other thing, powers, height, depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing, no matter what happens, nothing can separate us from the love of God. If the sapphire is the stone in the heart, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus.
So I can face the year ahead knowing that. This last scripture from Ephesians, I started, I wrote one in the devotional for you this week, and this one here was, it was just as good, but I didn't want to use them both on <laughs> in two different messages there. But in Ephesians 2, uh, in verse 19, it says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, so the law of God, the word of God, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone set on the foundation in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. The foundation's right, cornerstone's right, the building's going to stand. No matter what happens to us, no matter what happens to you, there's nothing that's going to be compared to the attachment that we have when we allow the sapphire to be attached to the cornerstone which is Christ in our in our life God had a plan put in place long before the first man came along and for those people and for you I pray that you recognize his work from way back here and in this year is this common whatever happened this last year you know that's that's last year kill that old man the new baby he's just coming remember old man and the baby new year um, here's this new baby coming he's gonna turn into an old man too you can't worry about the things that happens to you. What's the foundation? What's the cornerstone? Can I trust in that? Has the Lord been good to you thus far? We got you here. God has never been surprised by man's wickedness or fallenness. He's never been surprised by the thing that's happened to you. He's never been surprised by the things that you've done against him. Hmm. It depends what the stone is that's in your heart and depends what you're building on right there. Even the person that had the wood, hay, and stubble that built on the foundation, that will be burned up. But if the sapphire's there, you're going to be okay. But build with good things. So focus again on that sapphire and that cornerstone and know that nothing, including death, can separate you from the foundation built by God himself in you. I hope that uh, as the year gets going, you know, and we get into the Word and we start reading, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but something political could have happened today while we were in here. It's like every time you turn the news on, something crazy is happening. But for you personally, I'm really discovering as, I'm, as I read the Word more and more, we put a lot of attention on whether or not, you know, you got your, you got your different views of, you know, Calvinism, Arminianism, and Everything we got a lot of people putting a lot of time into trying to figure out if Jewish man is saved or Calvinist guy is saved or Armenian guy is saved. Why don't you focus on whether or not you're saved? Why don't you focus on whether or not the the stone of stumbling and the rock of offense? Why don't you focus and see if that's in your heart? It's a very individual and selfish gospel we have, and that you need to be saved. And you need to be growing spiritually. And you need to know the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love him. And you need to be loving your neighbor as yourself. It's very personal. Everybody wants to be a theologian. Why don't we focus on being one in the body of Christ, mind of Christ, putting those good rubies on top of that sapphire foundation this year? How about it? Father, in the name of Jesus, I am grateful for these that have come 
that have heard the word. I pray that the word was a blessing to them as it was to you. I pray it was the word you had for us today. I thank you for being the, for giving us the foundation, the word of God, for building on the foundation with the cornerstone. Lord, for demonstrating your love towards us, and yet while we were still sinners, you die. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Lord, thank you for making the opportunity available to any who would believe in him to have everlasting life. Father, thank you for the, the messengers that you sent before us that gave us the word of God that we could receive it and receive salvation. Thank you for the prophets and the apostles. Thank you for John the Baptist. Thank you for Peter and Paul. Thank you for the writers of the word. Lord, thank you for the teachers that came over the years, all the different men that you put in place here and there throughout time to draw more people to yourself. And thank you for the one that led me to the gospel on that day. Thank you for those that led the gospel led these, these others here with the gospel at one point in their life, Lord. Thank you for them. I pray that as you develop us this year, Lord, that you will prepare the people to hear the gospel, whoever it is we're supposed to speak it to, Lord, that you're preparing their hearts right now while you're preparing boldness in us to give the gospel to them. Father, I pray for these that are here, Lord, that they would hear the word and go away glad that they would receive it, not just as a good meal, but they would go down into them and nourish them and develop them as believers, and it would develop good, valuable stones in their heart and develop them as, as witnesses for you here and around here and out of the state and to the nations even, Lord. Thank you for your blessings on our country thus far, Lord. We, we ask for your mercy for another year, though we've been an ungodly people in many ways. Lord, we, we confess the sins of our nation before you from last year, Lord, for the babies murdered for no reason for the people of different skin colors that were murdered for no reason, Lord, for the conflict, Lord, for the, the Jewish people that were hated by the Muslims and the Muslims that were hated by the Jews in this nation, Lord, for the terrible affronts we've had against uh, allowing the poverty to continue, Lord, for the different sins of the fathers that were poured out on the children, Lord. We bring all those to you, Lord, and ask for your mercy for another year, Lord. Lord, we pray for our governmental leaders, that you break the pride that's in them, that they would humble themselves and come before you, Lord, and ask for your mercy to lead our country as it was designed by our forefathers. Father, we pray for those in Washington that wisdom would prevail. Lord, I pray for the wisdom of your word to prevail in Cumberland County, for our city and county officials, Lord. I pray for the different things that's going to happen to our people this year, that they would remain firm in this faith, confident, Lord, faithful, loyal, to you above all, Lord, that they would seek to serve their Christian brothers and sisters as themselves. Father, we give you this service now, and we give you all honor, glory, and praise in the name of Jesus that we had this opportunity to come together and hear your word without fear of persecution in this time. For our missions and our missionaries that are out there in the field, Lord, we pray for them as well, that they would see abundant fruit this year. I pray we'd see fruit from our fellowship this year. Pray for Pastor Terry as he leads the children. Um, pray for the deacons, elders of the fellowship here, Lord, that they would continue to do well as you measure goodness. Lord, pray for myself that I would be a man of God to be used by you to serve you in whatever way you've called me to do, Lord. Pray for the families here. Thank you again, Lord, for all that you've done in our midst, that you've carried us this far, and that you'll go with us until we die, and from then forevermore. And we give you all honor, glory, and praise in the name above all names. That is the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>